Welcome back, Cuzzies, to another episode of the Coaster Cuzzies podcast. If this is your first time tuning in to the Coaster Cuzzies, this podcast is where two best friends talk about roller coasters, theme parks, and shenanigans. Your hosts for this show are Coaster Bro and Theme Park Stud. On today's episode, the Coaster Cuzzies are about to embark on the great Cuzzies road trip, along with their good friend, Jeff Schachter. So we're joined with Jeff. We're going to talk about our first stop on the road trip. And stay tuned and listen to that Cuzzies in your ear. Yo, Coaster Bro, how you doing this morning? We're recording early as fuck this morning. <laughs> it's so fucking early. I am so awake. Um, we do sound sexier in the morning. I'm going to point that out as I put on my radio voice while I say it. But um, I've got my cup of coffee here and my Coaster Cuzzies mug. Ooh, that looks dope. I haven't seen it yet. So. Oh, yeah. It's a great mug. So if you need a mug for your uh, you know, coffee with Coaster Bro, you should definitely hit up CoasterCuzzies.com slash store. Click through to their store. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool things there that you can buy. But anyway, we probably already talked about that in the ad for the show. But um, the mugs are cool. So... Enough, enough pitter pattering around though. We got we got some business to take care of, and um, basically what we're doing this through the show. It's going to be a um, little bit of a different show today. We're going to kind of throw the formatting out the window because we are introducing a new segment to the show, and it's going to be called the Great Cuzzy Road Trip. And with this, basically our first stop. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm really excited. But basically what this is going to be is we are going to hit every major park in America and highlight the different parks, the roller coasters, the rides, tips, tricks throughout the amusement parks, but also highlight the surrounding area because you don't just go to Minnesota for Valley Fair. You go for the other stuff that's around it. So we're going to highlight some of that stuff, the food you need to eat because we know our cousins love food, our listeners, big food people. Um, So we're going to talk about all that. And our first stop of this entire great cuzzy road trip, because before you go on a road trip, theme park stud, what do you do? You have a staycation. You burn your PTO before you go on the actual trip. And that's what we're going to do today is we're going to burn our PTO on a little (laughs) staycation in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, we're going to get us started in our hometown, home park, and we're going to let people know why Kansas City is kind of fun. <laughs> I want to oh, say it's great, it's but it's kind of fun. Okay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we need to introduce the person that's going to be helping us with this. Yeah, um, I don't know that we've done that yet. Yeah, we have Oops. someone joining us on this trip. You know, I kind of mentioned the intro, but we need, uh, we need to introduce him. He's been on our show before. We have the wonderful, the beautiful... And of course, sexy. Oh. Actor. <laughs> Always sexy. How you, how you doing, Jeff? I'm good. It's early, but I'm here. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Jeff, also known as Chef Jeff in the Discord. So I know he likes to share a lot of recipes inside of our Discord, takes pictures of his food. He posted on his personal Facebook, but I make sure that he posts it in Discord as well. He sure does. He's going to know about it because um, Jeff is a food expert, which is why we're bringing him in. He loves to talk about food. He loves to cook food. He loves to go to restaurants. Loves to to eat it. Most importantly, the 
yeah, top fan of eating food. So, Jeff, do you have your bags packed? You ready to embark on this great road trip with us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just one luggage this time. What's in one. your suitcase? Clothes. I like to travel light. Mm. I like to travel naked, so. <laughs> it's true. All right. Who are you? Nudist <clears throat> theme park. That'd be interesting. That would be. The seats would be disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Now that we've got our nudist thoughts out of the way, <laughs> let's go ahead and start the road trip. So what we're going to do is we're going to highlight the park first. And, you know, some of you may have never heard of Worlds of Fun before, probably because it hasn't had a major roller coaster since 2009. So you ignore it, which <laughs> rightfully don't, so. Don't blame me. <laughs> but we're going to start off a little bit with the history of Worlds of Fun because it does have an interesting history about it before it was purchased by Cedar Fair and not invested in. So, Jeff, you want to take us through the history of the WAF? Yeah, sure. And I'm uh, really happy to get the opportunity to do this because, as you guys may know, this is uh, where the three of us all came to a head and met at the Mamba in 2008. Uh, yeah. Basically melted so, hearts at the Mamba roller coaster is what we did together. It's true. Mostly mostly Caleb and Dan, and I just kind of watched. Mm, that's incorrect. You were a heartthrob <laughs> over there at the Mamba, and you know it. Anyway. Yeah. Nile, the Fury of the Nile ladies loved you. <laughs> <laughs> As you spit out your coffee this morning. Yeah, a little bit. All right. So uh, just kind of a quick rundown on the, the history of Worlds of Fun uh, for those who may not know and are interested. Uh, Worlds of Fun opened in May of 1973, headed by Lamar Hunt, also of the uh, ownership of Kansas City Chiefs and helping get the NFL going in the early days. Uh, with the vision, yep, <laughs> with the uh, vision to be themed to the Jules Verne novel Around the World in 80 Days, and consisting of the sections Americana, Europa, Africa, the Scandinavian, and Orient, that all survived to this day uh this novel is also the inspiration for the iconic worlds of fun balloon that you can see both in the logo and in your approach to the park as an additional tie to the content the park featured three boats the henrietta cotton blossom and the victrix one of which was actually in the movie for the book the henrietta and was at the park entrance to help usher you into the day's adventures a handful of rides from opening remain in operation the world to fun railroad the taxi tour uh, the scrambler autobahn flying dutchman and viking voyager snl famous by the way it's true <clears throat> over the years uh worlds of fun saw some iconic rides in the park history notably in the coaster department including the zambezi zinger orient express and the scream roller slash extreme roller the latter of which being the first stand-up coaster in the united states uh, the coaster lineup currently boasts some good quality as well, with the Timberwolf and Mamba enduring 20 years of thrills, joined by the Patriot and the Prowler, more recent-ish. Uh, the sections of the park remain, although it could be argued the theming isn't as faithful as it once was. The park remains a favorite of area residents for a number of reasons, and hopefully we'll see some proper thrill-related attention in the near future. Now, you should write marketing spiels for parks because that was outstanding. <clears throat> I love that. It's hilarious. That, I'm a terrible writer. <laughs> you sound very professional um, during your history rundown. 
but do you guys remember any of those ships by the way when you were younger i do i actually do remember them i'm a little bit of cotton blossom when they were like kind of and i remember i tried to do one once and they were like all broken except like one and one dude was just on there just driving it around oh you're talking about the little um little driving ones yeah yeah there used to be three huge ships in the park Oh yeah, they used where they had the little motorized boats. There was one where the That's cotton fair. blossom was. Uh, oh, where Sea Dragon? No, uh, no, over by uh, where Grand Prix was. Oh okay. Yeah, I used to love those little things when I was a kid. Put a I quarter in, my, drive around. What's that, Jeff? I think my first visit to the park was uh, either a year or two after uh, they pulled the Orient Express, and I think by then all the ships were already gone. That's fair. That's fair. No, man, I just have memories of like visiting that park as a kid and walking through the front gate and seeing the Orient Express running and thinking I'll never ride roller coasters. And then here we are hosting roller coaster podcast together. But um, that was a great history, man. I I do love that um, in recent, you know, World's Fun hasn't added a new roller coaster since 2009. But a lot and a lot of their like refurbishment of the park, they have brought some of these classic vibes back with like the floral clock over by uh, Lake Taxi Tour, which was a big deal back in the day. And then redoing the front entrance and putting that classic balloon up front. So it's good to see. Um, yeah. Kind of sad that they got rid of, because um, they used to have walk-around characters um, for Around the World in 80 Days. Was it Nelly and, um, gosh, what was the, Phileas? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Phileas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they used to walk around and entertain guests, and they, they don't do that anymore, which is sad. They, they brought it back. Uh, I think it was like, well, I guess it was a while back now, but <laughs> I was like, I, I remember they had it in like 2012. They kind of brought them back for just a little bit during oh, the yeah. summer. Yeah, but that was still a long time ago. So <laughs> that was, that was, our, that was a should, friend of ours, Adam. I think his name was. Yeah, I was gonna say we should try to get him on the show, Phineas. That'd be fun. I think it's Phileas. I don't think it's Phileas. Phineas. Yeah. I'm thinking of Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, that's what you're thinking of. <laughs> you know, the classic mix-up, Phineas and They're Ferb and Around the World in 80 Days. <laughs> All right. So now that we know the history of Worlds of Fun, I do want to highlight what this park has going on. So as I'm bringing these up, guys, please jump in and discuss these coasters and highlighted rides and, and all that. But um, we're going to start off with the coaster that started off for us in I would even say kind of put Worlds of Fun on the map as far as thrill rides. And we're going to highlight the Mamba roller coaster. So, yeah, baby. The Mamba is a 205-foot-tall Morgan hyper coaster and still to this day is one of the longer coasters in the world at 5,600 feet. And um, anybody have a guess on how much the Mamba costs? Uh, it was like $8 million, wasn't it? I think. Close. I'll say 10 million. 10 million. What's up? I know my money. With that, we're going to send you a Cedar Fair tie theme park set for winning that one. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Okay. I already had that. I got gotcha. you. Yes, but the Mamba <laughs> roller coaster, it just celebrated how many years? I'm bad at math. Why did I commit to this? I don't know. But um, <laughs> 20 uh, years? It would I think be I had a big birthday. 25? 2010 was its 10 years. We'll open yeah. in 98, so it would be 23. It's 23, which is not a big year at all. I don't know why I brought that up. but Shoot, two years, it'd be 25. That's going to be a while. Quarter of a century old, the Mamba. Three more years, and it can rent a car. 
<laughs> but uh, Mamba, you know, it's a good ride. It's a, it's a kind of at ten million dollars. It's a pretty cheap hyper coaster, I would say. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of critics would say that it kind of runs like a mine train more than anything, with not a lot of forces. Um, the biggest complaint is that brake run that just slows you down before the bunny hops, which is understandable. But it will always have a soft spot in our heart. And I think the highlight of the ride is probably that helix with the head chopper that, you know, you have your hands up and still, you know, after you've done it probably a hundred times, but um, you still kind of put your hands down whenever you get to that last head chopping effect, which is um, kind of unique. Yeah. And I was, I know I I like the floating uh, sensation you get on some of the, like the airtime hills and some of the bunny hills, especially if you sit in the third row, that is the best row on the row three is the best on Mamba. You're right. I was going to ask you guys, if you all have that opinion, Jeff, do you like row three or are you more of a back seat back row? I'm absolutely back row legs crossed sides of the feet on the floor. So I have uh, full airtime effects. Okay. You like the pole over the hills. Yep. Okay, that's fair. It's a little bit more sustained in the back. Yeah. Um, I get it. I'm more abrupt in row three, though. So I, you'll find me in row three, mostly because the line is always short in row three as well. That's true. I mean, People honestly, know the, it. the line's usually pretty short no matter what. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're at Worlds of Fun. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you might, it might surprise you, and there's like a little bit of a, like three or four trains wait on uh, – at the front and back row and if they're only running one train at a time that's a little bit of a wait yep all right we're gonna move on to another ride that theme park stud is notorious for he's operated there for a couple years i think at least supervised uh, for more than one just well it depends what the ride is but i'm pretty sure i think what you're gonna say the wacky worm no the oh. patriot <laughs> <laughs> the, the patriot the b&m <laughs> um inverted coaster with four inversions you start off with a vertical loop going to a zero g and emmelman and then a corkscrew the biggest investment for a ride in the park at 14 mil 14 million but you what year did you operate this theme park stuff uh 2009 the year prowler opened i was there it was my second season at worlds of fun and uh spent spent my whole season there and it was a good time um Made some friends. Uh, that's how we met um, one of our good friends, Matt, who's been on this show. He was at the. Yes. He worked there with me, and that's how I kind of got to know him. And uh, yeah, that was the summer before I got promoted to assistant lead. So. Look at you, big time guy, getting promoted to assistant lead. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> no, but this is a really fun ride. It's it's one of those rides that when you walk up to, you expect to hear a roar that B&M roar from it, but it's completely silent because it's one of the newer um, B&M inverts that have been built. So World of Fun was late to the party and there B&M does not roar. So um, a lot of people would say, I mean, this is kind of an inverted coaster in a field and it's not as intense as some of the OG B&M coasters, but it is rewritable. I do personally, I was going to say, I do personally think that that is going to help it in the long run because I will say, let's, for instance, pit it up against Batman in St. Louis. Well, Batman across the country. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it feels, at least at the time of my last riding, which it's been a, at least two or three years, uh, it feels as smooth as it did year one for the most part. And I right. think with it being, it's, 
what it opened in 2007 so six more oh, six. years and that's 20 years that's impressive for that for me i'm that sorry a, you're good now that is a good point man uh <laughs> this ride is not gonna run itself out like it's there's no like extreme forces it's gonna be easier to maintain and that ride is like um as you're coming in it's an important part of the skyline you get to see that ride and you're like "Ooh, that looks good and it yeah. just got a paint job last year and it looks even sexier yeah i will say i was gonna say with the mamba uh some of the nostalgia for me uh especially having worked at the park for five seasons uh just thinking about seeing the first thing i see 20 miles away is the uh the mamba and the patriot welcoming me to work half hour in advance I remember like working the night shift and then like coming in at like four o'clock and then trying to figure out how many trains were operating on Mamba. It's like, mm-hmm. oh. it's like, oh shit, we're running three trains today. And then I floor it and get there. <laughs> what kind of day is this going to be? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was, it was pretty nice to see. And it was easy to figure out too. Yeah. And then one train, I was like, oh, we're going to be bored as hell today. That's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to the next ride. This is a ride that I opened and I think, I don't know that any of you ever operated Jeff, did you ever operate the Prowler? I did not. Ah, That's the one roller coaster I did not uh, spend any time at working. When I was a supervisor, I, I operated a couple of times, but that was about it. I got gotcha. you. Well, Prowler roller coaster, the most recent roller coaster to be added to the coaster <laughs> lineup. And this was in 2009. And, um, you know, when this ride opened, very smooth, very fun. One of the top wooden coasters of all time. Even won the golden ticket for best new ride of 2009 over Diamondback. So we got to drop a huge suck it sign to the Ohio Cedar Fair Park, which is always fun to do because they are so spoiled. Suck it. Uh, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> and those night rides, man. Ooh. These are some of the best night rides. Um Honestly, of any coaster, I would say, like I, I would rank Beast on top of it. But if you get a good night ride where it's like the moon is—is is it a new moon when you can't see anything? The moon is not out. I think so, yeah. And um, what's unique about it is you've got that photo that happens after the second drop, and then you go into these S curves, and in the dark, that flash hits you, and your eyes don't adjust until the turnaround. So you're just getting flown around which is uh, kind of what makes it one of the most unique night rides because not many night rides have that blinding effect. <laughs> so um, one thing, though, the, the ride has gotten a little rough since 2009, which you could see the park take more care of it. Um, they've been putting a lot of money into Timberwolf, I think. I don't know what the wooden coaster budget is a thing, but they've been spending their money on that and probably has gotten kind of neglected a little bit. But hopefully they can put some money into that and come back to its glory because it is the best ride there, in my opinion, when it's smooth. Yeah. And for the, uh, the, as I look around message boards and Facebook pages for amusement park rides, talking about older wooden coasters, everybody's screaming RCM it. This is one coaster when it's in its heyday that would not benefit from that. RCM it. RCM it. RCM it. You could not, you could not RCM Prowler and improve it. I, I got to correct you here, Chef Jeff. You got to say RMC next time. RMC. <laughs> RCM. Eh? RCM. We may need to look up what that it's actually means. Rocky Coaster Mountain Company. There you go. <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah. 
All right. And we're going to move on to what a lot of people would say is the number four ride. Um, at, basically, those first three are what people would say are their top three rides at Worlds of Fun, roller coaster wise. Number four, it's arguable, but Timberwolf, um, put together by the Den Corporation, which is notorious for having very rough rides. But when this ride opened in 1989, I think in 1990, it was actually the number one wooden roller coaster in the world. Um, voted on so it used to be awesome and they it got pretty rough there um kind of into the 2000s and like jackhammer rough so they park has put a lot of work into it there used to be a double helix within it that has now been replaced with an overbank turn and gci actually came in and helped to redesign that part yeah it's and, a lot smoother now yeah because yeah. that that double helix was boring and it beat your ass and it stole all of the momentum going into the close of the ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason it did is because they trim braked the hell out of it. So <clears> it's just, it just got slower and slower going into that. And they even had anti rollbacks at the end of that helix, just in case. Yeah. Um, and it, with the declining popularity, with it being in the rough shape it was, it wasn't always an empty train, or I'm sorry, it wasn't always a full train. So getting up that helix was even more of a chore. So, ugh. And then bringing up Timberwolf, you do have to bring up the one incident on Timberwolf that was like kind of gave it a Casey folklore. I don't know what you would say, a local legend almost. But there was like a 14 year old girl that was ejected from the ride in 1995. Um, and this is back when the ride had buzz bars. And, you know, the reports are kind of varying. You know, I've heard that she was trying to get up and switch seats. Um, the other girl that was in the train said that the the restraints came up and she grabbed them and pulled them back down. But um, regardless, girl was ejected and did pass away from her injuries. And then um, they did have to, they put in, instead of having the buzz bars with the lap bars shared with two riders, they put in those individual lap bars. And a lot of people would say that that kind of, was the start of the decline of Timberwolf. So, yeah, usually what happens when someone dies on something. That will do it. <laughs> At least they didn't get the Slitterbond treatment and, you know, shut down, but shut down the whole park entirely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Jeff, you used to work at that ride. Didn't you get that question like a lot? Yeah. And, in the age of information where we can read absolutely anything that we want, don't ruin an employee's day by asking them, <laughs> did somebody die on this? Because that leaves a mark. It's, it's, it's tough to answer. First of all, from a PR standpoint, uh, in an official capacity, but man, you don't know who you're going to mess with when you ask questions like that. It was very frustrating. And I just kind of had to shrug, laugh and move along. Yep. Pretty unfortunate. For a tough day. Yeah, for sure. All right. We'll run through these last three coasters because they're <laughs> not a whole lot to mention here. But you do have Spinning Dragons added in 2004 in the Orient section of the park, right by Gerslauer. One of the first actually spinning Gerslauer coasters to be put in. I think it was put in either the year before, year after, same year as the one at Mall of America. Um, so that was a great addition. Um, just a little tip. Ride that ride early or around lunchtime because 
that is one of the only rides in the park that gets any type of significant line, even on kind of a moderate day. So, yeah. Um, you also have the 2000 Boomerang, the ride that replaced Ooh. the Zambezi Zinger. You know, they ripped out the heart and soul of the park and put in this piece of shit. <laughs> so, and this ride was standing but not operating in 2020. I have heard some rumors that it is back. Yay. Yay. It is the one and only roller coaster to make me vomit. But that is just because I'm getting old and going backwards does not agree with me. That, I was sitting right <laughs> next to you when you vomited. That was great. Uh, that was we pulled in. Too. You threw up in your mouth. Held it, walked over to the railing after the restraint got stuck on you, by the way. And I was like, he's holding vomit in his mouth. Can you guys help out? <laughs> Go over. You throw up over the rail, and the employees were so appreciative of you because they didn't have to clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure they did, just not in a pressured sort of way. Because yes. I imagine that sitting in the gravel the rest of their day was not the greatest thing. <laughs> All right. And then the last roller coaster is where Jeff actually got his start. It was, it's now the Cosmic Coaster, but it opened as the Wacky Worm and operated as the Wacky Worm until 2011. And um, Jeff, you got anything to say about the, the Kitty Coaster, the Cosmic Coaster? I, I'm told the operations are a little bit different now, but back in the day, uh, there was no like official. Uh, automated braking system it was a joystick you had to toggle to open and close on the uh, brake fin see it, it actually took finesse to get good at and especially in a heavier train with rain or something like that if you got good at that that was actually a point of pride sweet awesome they have a drive motor now so they're much more spoiled and they just have to press a button and it goes now yeah. yeah, I've done I've done both. I was I operate I was a super as an area when we switched mm-hmm. over to the cosmic coaster and they started putting that in. But when we first opened it, we had to we didn't have the drive motor to get started. We had the brakes, so that was nice. Um, but we had to push the train to get it started, mm-hmm. which is causes so many safety uh issues that could could occur. <laughs> All right, so those are the coasters of Worlds of Fun. Do you want to bring up some of the flat rides that a lot of people say you should ride? Um, kind of funny. One of the rides that we, the three of us, really never ride because it does get us kind of motion sick is Cyclone Sam's, which is like the indoor huss spins in a circle kind of thing. I don't even know what it's called. Kind of a wave type thing. It kind of goes yeah. up, but then it kind of starts spinning on its access but what's kind of unique about it is they do have like glow-in-the-dark cardboard cutouts so it does feel like you're in a tornado and one of the highlights of that ride is just watching the cheesy pre-show video inside of the um the q house and i gotta um, gotta say the vibes that ride always gave me was like i was at a state fair but like inside an abandoned warehouse somewhere yes (laughs) So this is a one-of-a-kind ride. I mean, it's very intense, uh, more intense than the other versions of whatever this ride is called that I can't remember. Um, but what's also kind of funny, I remember as a kid, people used to put like their phone numbers on there and they would say, call for a good time. And and one time me and my friend called one of these numbers and they were in the park. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> super awkward as teenagers to be trying to meet up with this person. So Rich number, calling for the good time. 
Yeah, that's that? literally what we said. And then they're like, oh, shit, somebody called. <laughs> that's why you don't put your personal information. <laughs> it was pretty great. But then some other highlights. Um, a ride we all operated, the Ripcord, which is their Sky Coaster attraction. I do thoroughly believe that, you know, I got to ride a bunch of rip- Sky Coasters throughout the U.S. due to being able to ride for free because I knew this ride and we took the test. This is one of the better ones. This is one of the better Sky Coaster attractions. So if you were, I know it'd be unreasonable to pay for every Sky Coaster to every park you go to, but this would be one that you would want to consider. You know, it's over a nice little lake. There's a great view and um, the free fall is pretty solid. And it's actually one of the taller, like mid-tier Sky Coasters, I would say. Yeah. Because there's, well, there's the, there's the one at Fun Spot in Florida, which is 300 foot feet tall. And that's the main one I can think of that's actually taller than this. And then their uh, other fun spot is 250. Okay. And then, yeah. and then there's a Royal Gorge, which isn't taller, but goes out mm-hmm. over a, uh, when you're in the front half of the swing, yeah. uh, you're a thousand feet above the ground. I know Worlds of Fun, the, the, it's 189 feet tall, and that's actually really close to third. I think there may be one or two that are like a couple feet taller, but that's about it. So yeah. definitely worth checking out. And then um, also got to throw in Steelhawk. This is the notorious Windseeker attraction from Knott's Berry Farm that got you know stuck 301 feet in the air. And the state of California was like, nope, there, there's a ladder inside and uh, it doesn't pass our regulations. So they sent it to Missouri and it's a premier <laughs> flat ride attraction for World of Fun. Which I have to say, coincidentally, Missouri has some of the most lax liquor laws, so I have to assume that that was somehow involved. Yes, I would have to assume that as well. (laughs) And then that ride's barely open, though, honestly, because of the winds and just some issues that the ride has had. I don't even know that it operated at all in 2020. Yeah. Funny funny for a ride called the Wind Seeker. You know, Wind Seeker doesn't operate in high winds. They should have. I think that's that's why they named it Steelhawk. (laughs) <laughs> like we need to definitely change this up <laughs> yep and then the last one i do want to bring up mostly because of its recent popularity is the viking voyager which is their um log ride their flume ride um it's one of the park ogs an original and um you know it's nothing crazy special when it comes to log flumes but i know all of us probably have memories as a kid riding it and it being one of the first big drops that we went down. Do yeah. you do you think because it was on Saturday Night Live recently that it's going to get some money thrown at it and get kind of some love? Ooh. Like they throw like animatronics out there or something? No, I don't think about animatronics, <laughs> but like just kind of like not Give us a tunnel. Like, yeah, just kind of like uh, not add stuff to it, but just kind of rehab it, kind of make it look nicer, add a new like paint job maybe start selling some um some soul <laughs> uh, guy from soul merch. merch yeah guy from soul merch i don't know it's just something i kind of was thinking about i think i think that due to that snl skit they will try to get guy from soul plushies oh yeah 100 cool. and, and if i was on that crew i would damn well make sure that i have a joe gardner life-size plushie <laughs> if i have to order it myself just hanging out um you know, in the queue line or something. So, or like a T-shirt that says "I rode the Viking Voyager with Cuck." Yes, with Cuck. <laughs> <laughs> what a great name! 
Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't see them spending a lot of money in it, but I do see the park hyping up that it was on SNL. And maybe they add like some signage with uh, a clip of that. I think they'll just, play that up. I was just saying, make it a little bit nicer. Like, you know, like new new paint job, you know, mm-hmm. maybe fix some of the fiberglassing if it's rough in certain areas. That's how, that's what I was kind of thinking. I don't think they're going to like really change the ride by any means, but just really make it run smoother, a little bit nicer over there. I do know they've had some slight upgrades about every 10 years or so replacing like parts of the trough and like updating the operating system a little bit. Um, I don't remember the years exactly, but I do think it was somewhere around when you were a supervisor or when you left, but they like upgraded like the pumps too, to where <laughs> you don't have to go out and pull the screens as much or something. Oh, nice. I don't know. Yeah. That was yeah, awesome. That, I remember that being one of the dirtiest active jobs in the park was going to clear the screens. It sucked. Dude, working working I've in the fall. Before, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they're just like understaffed and they don't have anybody strong enough to pull the freaking screens. I had to go out there all the time and just. Uh, yeah, in 16, 17, I got pulled to go do that a handful of times from, from the Wacky Worm. It was great. <laughs> hey, can you go from the Wacky Worm and take care of the Viking Voyager for us? Thanks. Yeah. It was one of those few rides you could go and do stuff at as a 16 and 17 year old. Nice. That's cool. Well, those are a few of the highlights. There are some more flat rides there. None of them. I mean, if you stumble across and ride them, but those are kind of the four highlights that I saw. And then one thing I do have to bring up, if you visit in the summertime, Oceans of Fun is their water park that is included at Worlds of Fun. So you like to swim, you like water slides, go check it out. Um, some of their highlighted rides, they are getting a new for 2021. Well, it's supposed to be 2020, but 2021 um, Rip Riptide Raceway, which is going to be a mat slide that's actually pretty unique. There's like some twisty bits in there. It's not just your run-of-the-mill um, mat slide. So I think that's going to be a great attraction to the park. They also have a drop slide complex called Constrictor, which is by their Wave Pool, which was their most recent kind of addition nothing too special there but if you've never ridden a drop slide where you get in the capsule and it the floor drops out of you it's definitely worth checking out if you've already done it you can skip it <laughs> but I wonder, if the, I wonder if the name for that is a shout out to the python plunge i believe it is yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah python plunge used to be a water slide in the world's of fun section so yeah. um, and then they also have a hurricane falls raft ride which is they're only like major family raft slide and it's a little bit outdated. Yeah. It's it been is there kinda... for years. I remember going there as a kid and riding it. I think it was like 98 or something. It was added. I remember as a kid being really excited that it was coming to oceans of fun and we had to go, but, um, but really the only reason if you are an adult to go to oceans of fun is to go to the adult pool called castaway cove and, this is a staple for a theme park and I to go to. We'll have a few parking lot cocktails, stumble in, spend our day buying $10 beers at the swim up bar and just kind of hanging out there. Yeah. Maybe doing one water slide. We'll probably do the mat racers this summer. Yeah. But other than that, this is the only place to be. You got a kid, tell him to go play on that uh, pirate structure next to it. Go into that pool just stay away from your kids for a couple hours. Let them have fun in that little ship. Check in on them every once in a while, but have yourself some adult beverages. Hell yeah. That's the reason we don't have children. Hell yeah. 
But that kind of wraps up the highlights of <laughs> Oceans of Fun and Worlds of Fun. Hell yeah. And- Hell yeah, Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> but it is time to move on to the food offerings. And Jeff, yeah. I know you- there's not a whole lot to highlight here as yeah. far as food offerings and Worlds of Fun. but So I will preface by saying, uh, at least at my last experience... Uh, Worlds of Fun isn't really known for their food and from after filtering through the site I would uh, argue that it probably remains that way Um, so you may make arrangements outside of the park for lunch or something like that but for what they do have if you do want to give it a go um, I kind of picked out a few of what looked to be the notable places Um, the the first one that kind of jumps up and they, they list they have their executive chef at least designing the menu there Uh, would be the Cotton Blossom Barbecue in Americana uh, with its uh, counterpart in Oceans of Fun. I had the name pulled up. I do apologize because this is, uh, if if either one of you has it on hand, I'm blanking on it right now. I don't know the name of it, but I have a feeling that they are converting maybe Chickies and Pete's into this because I don't remember them having barbecue in the water park. Right. Oh, Surf's Up Barbecue is what it's called. There you go. I, uh, I don't know why that, that escaped me. Um, uh, one place that's surviving from our time working there still, uh, Coasters Drive-In, which is just kind of your generic burgers and fries place uh, right over there by the Mamba. Um, I mean, it's they're not bad burgers. Uh, just be prepared to pay <laughs> above average asking price <laughs> for a cheeseburger. Um, there's also a Panda Express in park, uh, over there in the Orient. Um, I will say probably, the what kind of j- popped out at me the most was this little place called Prospector's Burritos, which actually might appeal to a lot of people because reading through their description, it is an entirely gluten-free menu. Mm. Um, so good for people with special dietary needs. They have, they had uh, vegan and vegetarian options from what I was reading, um so that could be something they they bill it as being uh you know good for if you're wanting something fresh fresh and light which can be a big deal especially on a super hot day um and then of course there's the the myriad of different little pizza and snack places to get your your funnel cakes your nachos or whatever um but uh honestly and i i would argue this is a struggle for cedar fair in general they have no real food identity as far as their parks go mm-hmm. um so it might be nice to see them apply something i, I the the barbecue is a step in the right direction because that's what canton city is known for and i'd have to try it first but i can only assume based on the quality of food in the park in prior years that it's probably nothing to write home about i will say with theme park said and i we did have the dining plan in 2018 and we decided not to renew because the food options are pretty not great. But when we do eat, we do eat at the barbecue place. But I would recommend leaving and going to find barbecue and then coming back because... There's a Waffle House across the street. <laughs> even that. Because World of Fun is not a park that you have to commit to all day. And if you are going to be there all day and that's what you want to do, like take a midday break and go get some actual good food. And then come back is what I would recommend. You know, during the the hot summer hours, come back during the night and spend some time there. But 
Game Park said, do you have anything to say about the food at Worlds of Fun? Yeah, it's just nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, you know, yeah, I'd, I suggest leaving the park and getting food and coming back. Or um, even, I think we mentioned this when we did do an episode on Worlds of Fun one time, just do uh, bring your own food and do a picnic out in your car or there's some picnic tables out in the parking lot if you want to save some money. Yeah, the only time I'd really recommend eating in the park is if you've committed to that dining plan. Yes. And you can get free food. Maybe stop at the Subway. Maybe stop at Panda Express. Maybe stop at Cotton Blossom. Something easy, something that's not too risky. Because if you take risk at Worlds of Fun, it usually does not reward you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God, this is awful. But I'm interested to try that burrito place, though. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, we I have... was gonna say, that's the one that popped the most for me as far as what they have. I've tried to try it, but it's closed every time. Uh, it's like only a high volume day the, kind of it's the mcdonald's ice cream machine of worlds of fun <laughs> yes and i think it's because i visited in 2020 and that was when the pandemic was going on and it's an indoor restaurant so i think they just closed it for that reason um but the year before every time i wanted to try it we either ended up eating at the barbecue place or it wasn't open so it is yeah. what it is or to take a shot uh it's the lightning rod of the amusement park food industry yes there you go fantastic uh, I'm, I'm not bitter all right so that's everything you need to know about worlds of fun and oceans of fun we literally told you everything okay so i mean there's really nothing else to know but you do need to know more about kansas city as a whole because it can be a great weekend trip or a couple days spend some time here um so we're going to highlight some of the area attractions that you may like to go to. Um, definitely going to be talking about barbecue here in a second for sure. But theme parks, uh, can you take the lead here on other places that you should check out while you're in Kansas City? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so like Costa Bro said, there's a lot of lot to do here in Kansas City other than Worlds of Fun. Of course, definitely stop at Worlds of Fun, get those credits, do your thing. But um, there's a lot more to offer, and I think there's a lot of cool opportunities for it families or even um just coaster enthusiasts to come and it kind of there's a lot to cater to everybody you know if you one of the few things that come off the top of my head are just some some of the museums we have around the city so if you're big into art if you're a big art guy or gal um definitely check out the nelson atkins art museum of art um that's kind of a a staple here in kansas city um, not only if you're not even a big art person, um, maybe you're a big fan of shuttlecocks. Um, I got, love shuttlecocks. Yeah, we got the largest shuttlecocks in America, in the world. I, in I the world. You. Yeah. So Kansas City has some shuttlecocks. That's what's up. They are some um, big, really big shuttlecocks. Yeah. Delicious. One could say Magnum. <laughs> Magnum size shuttlecocks. Definitely. <laughs> Um, I've, I've been there a couple of times. I don't know, like Jeff Kosebra, have you been to Nelson's before? Uh, yeah, but probably not since a school field trip. So it's probably been in excess of 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I once went with my dad, um, for like a college extra credit thing and neither of us are art people. And it was hilarious because we just kind of made fun of titties when we saw them and, <laughs> <laughs> just like pretended like we were really looking into a piece of art and <laughs> just saying bullshit so even if you don't like art it's fun to just go and be that person definitely <laughs> definitely <laughs> i may may have done the same thing <laughs> um 
uh, kind of going over to like history side of things. So if you're a big history buff, um, we have the National World War One Museum and Memorial. So that's kind of right in the center of downtown. So it's not really of a far drive from World of Fun, maybe 20 minutes at the most. And uh, so yeah, it's one of the only World War One museums that are around the nation. So definitely check that out. You can actually go on top of the memorial and get an awesome view of the city as well. So I think that's a fantastic thing to do. I've actually haven't done this yet. I don't know if any of you have. I haven't either. Um, yeah, I haven't, but I want to. Yeah, it's something that I kind of been wanting to do. I just haven't pulled the trigger and and done it. So <clears throat> we should go. Yeah. Definitely. It is the iconic shot of the city, by the way. So any any picture you see from Kansas City, if you see the skyline, like this is the photo that you're seeing it from. Definitely. Uh, if you're a big sports person, we got a couple of options for you. I mean, obviously, Kansas City has some some great sports teams. Uh, so you could always go down and visit the stadiums um, if they do tours. I don't know if they're doing any of that during COVID right now. But um, there's a couple of museums and well, one museum and one kind of experience that you could go to. Um, one I think is really cool. And again, I haven't done yet, but I really want to do is the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. So there's a lot of history there. If you're, if you're a big baseball fan, um, I think that is a fantastic place to go. Uh, and fun fact are one of our minor league baseball teams in this city it used to be called the T-Bones is now going to be the Kansas City Monarchs um, to pay uh, to pay uh, tribute to uh, the Kansas City Monarchs Negro League baseball team back in the day. So and that, those are great. It's actually attached to the Jazz Museum and it's a great one too, just to go spend uh, a couple of hours and um, really check it out. Both great museums. Yeah. That was a yeah, that was a field trip in school, and I absolutely that's one of the things I'd like to go back and do just so I can appreciate it properly. I think, boys, are we gonna have to do a Kansas City staycation soon? I think we Let's have to. It. I, I think we do. Local tourist attractions. That's <laughs> true. Another thing, uh, especially here in the Midwest, people love the college basketball, um, and especially especially Kansas Jayhawks, even though they, they sucked this year and lost in the tournament. Um, but uh, at downtown, right across the street from Power and Light, which is a little bar section, uh, there's a college basketball experience, which uh, has like a um, bunch of different things you do, interactive things, kind of take photos with different players, learn some history about the NCAA, and then there's like a couple of like basketball goals you can do like shooting challenges and whatnot and i think Christopher, you've been there right i have yes um i don't even like college basketball but the interactivity of that thing and you know there's so many opportunities to shoot baskets and dunk on like tiny goals and it, it is a very fun experience um i know that the night before our wedding a lot of our wedding party uh went and hung out there um it's right next to the sprint center downtown pnl and uh yeah it's just a, a really easy quick stop and a great place to burn a couple hours especially if you have kids that love basketball mm -hmm. it is a go-to spot and speaking of kids we got a couple attractions so if any families are coming out here to world of fun uh definitely we have a, a legoland um discovery center as well as a sea life aquarium kind of uh kind of that cluster um and that's right downtown in crown center so that's always a fantastic option for kids. Um, and then we also have the Kansas City Zoo, which has been here for many, many years. And, you know, zoos are always fun to go to. And it's a, it's a pretty good one. They have a few rides there. No credits by any means, but a uh, few rides. And uh, it's pretty big. And if you have a beautiful day, it's awesome to walk around there and see some of the animals. Um, and, just of to, course, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to piece together some things, too, because Legoland and Sea Life is very close to that World War One museum. and 
So that could be a great pairing. Like that's three attractions. It gets kind of expensive at that point, but that's almost a whole day of stuff you can do if you have kids or um, I don't know how well the museum, the World War One museum matches with that. But I don't know if you're about to bring up Union Station, but they also have Science City, which is also great for kids. And that is walking distance. Um, I know a lot of when I used to work at Legoland, um, a lot of people would go to Union Station and then come to Legoland Sea Life in the afternoon. And sorry to kind of to piggyback on that. Also at Union Station, but lesser known all the way at the back of the main hall. Uh, they have a model railroad museum, which is just a big room full of model railroad, uh, including some Lego setups too. And that is completely free uh, for for the budget seeking. Uh, you you go do the World War One museum or Sea Life in Legoland, and then you just walk over to Union Station and check that out. And then to Get- even add on more to Union Station, they also have rotating. Um, what would you call them? attractions that come through yeah they kind of have exhibits that come through and this summer actually there's going to be the auschwitz uh exhibit that kind of goes over all the concentration camps that was in germany during world war ii and all that kind of stuff so it's definitely a cool thing to uh take a look at and even union station is a working train station so you could also just go to some bridges that go over the train tracks and you kind of watch the watch the trains come in and out so it's pretty cool at union station that's where you'll also find all the area dads who have abandoned their families <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> we love choo-choos but it but I, also at the same time if you don't have a family and you're not very big into museums and history and sports and you just want to have a good time Kansas City has that. Like we have a ton of ton of breweries that are downtown and walking distance. So there's like a little trolley system that you could pay like twenty dollars and it'll take you to all of them around the city. So if you're really big into craft beer and the beer scene, there's always that too. We have a lot of awesome distilleries and local, um, you know, alcohol like craftsmen. I don't know how they call it. Like makers, I guess. Alcohol makers. I don't know. What do you call it? I guess makers of alcohol. They're distilleries. I know that. Um, but uh, there's some really good ones. I, I highly suggest like Jay Rieger, go on the tour there. And then Tomstown, um, it's one of one of my favorite. And I know uh, Filthy Casual Kyle, that's one of his favorite too. We've used him <laughs> on the show before. And um, so, yeah, if you want some drinks, those are fantastic. If you're looking for that classic kind of like bar hopping, we do have the Power and Light District, which is right across the street from the college basketball experience I was mentioned earlier. And um, it's a little bit more kind of um, expensive and a little bit different crowd that goes there, more tourists and stuff, but it's, it still could be a good time. Um, but if you kind of want to go where the locals go, you could always hit up the Crossroads District. There's some uh, little bars there, and that's kind of where the breweries are also set at. And then you could also go to Westport, which is kind of where like some of the uh, hipsters and um, college kids kind of go out to. And there's a little bar scene there. And all that is literally probably about – 10 minutes from each other does it's you know easy uber ride um i highly suggest if you if you're gonna go to world of fun and, ex- and explore kansas city maybe if you're gonna stay somewhere stay at a hotel that's near downtown or maybe in in north kansas city so you're pretty close to world of fun but you could easily access all these attractions that are kind of nearby each other i can remember many nights that we've been out with the boys and we start in westport and then we drunkenly take an uber you know, a very cheap Uber to PL and have some overpriced beers and wonder why we went to PL. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually yeah. the move, though. But there's a ton of things to do. But obviously, if you're going to be doing all that stuff, you're going to need some food. And I think we're going to push 
bring it back to Jeff so he could really dive down on some amazing food that Kansas City offers. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy to get into it, and uh, I'm going to start it off with a controversial topic uh, when considering Kansas City, and uh, I'm going to challenge each of us to rank our barbecue here. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off, and I might have my uh, Chef Jeff tag revoked. Wait, real uh, quick, real quick. Are we doing our, like, top one first? So, like, how are we doing this? What kind of ranking? Like, top, top three? three? I've got I've got five listed. Okay. Um, do whatever you can think of, but I'll, I'll say all five of mine uh, just because I want people to know I've got four restaurants ahead of Joe's. <laughs> uh, so let me know when you're ready. 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 All right. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to probably catch some flack and lose my Chef Jeff tag here uh, when I don't put Kansas City Joe's number one, two, three, or four in my personal rankings. Um, but barbecue. Uh, so I'll, I'll kick off my first place. It's over in Westport, Char Bar. Mm. Um, I'm a Burn Ends guy, and nobody else in Kansas city, in my opinion, touches their burn ends. And I, there's just four words. Uh, the day after you visit the park, assuming it's a Saturday, you hit char bar up for their brunch. Burnt Ooh. ends, eggs, Benedict. That's, that's the move. You're right. They do have like a breakfast brunchy option. Yep. Uh, that, that does up the score. Right there. Uh, I respect yeah, that move. No, even, for, even for their dinner, uh, they've got a lot of, fantastic meal options their sides are great they've got some fire ass uh jalapeno cornbread i just thinking about it i gotta go i don't know how they're i'm, I'm i know they've survived uh everything going on but i don't know if they're to what degree they are uh returning to full capacity because i know it's a pretty uh a lot of the seating's pretty close together um when it's running on normal operations. So that's something to consider, but yeah, my number one barbecue place in Kansas city char bar. Um, I'll kind of go. Sorry, go ahead. No, that also is a great, if you're going to Westport and you're like going out for the night, that's a great place to grab dinner and then just immediately start drinking because the the whole back area is like a great hangout spot. We got cornhole popping and there's like a bar out back. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was my bachelor party or Matt's, but we started the night there. I think it would might have been Matt's. Yeah, but yeah, no, uh, fantastic place for barbecue for fun. Um, I didn't even think of that, so I'm glad you brought it up. When it's warm out, that's a great uh, hangout spot when things return to normalish. So, um, following Char Bar, uh, I'm gonna have Gates, uh, starting with the iconic. You walk in and immediately they scream harassed. at you. Welcome to Gates. <laughs> what, what do you want? <laughs> Or however it goes, uh, I've gone with friends that, because uh, I live in Springfield right now, visiting that I've never gone and immediately intimidated, too intimidated to remember what they want. Uh, but it, it's it's fun to watch. Fantastic food. Um, follow, following them, uh, Q39, newer to the list, uh, uh, followed by Jack Stack, which can be upper priced, but they've got good food. Uh, and then... Kansas City Joe's, which wasn't bad, but for all of the hype surrounding it, did not live up to, based on my my solitary visit. I, I do need to give it the respect to go back. I go back. Uh, but Wait, just, you've only uh, been there once? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, you got to go back. Like yeah, yeah. You no, I done its I, due I, diligence. What'd you get when you went there? Uh, I got a. I, I usually with places like that, I try to get some. They have like a pick three meat sampler, I think, and so I could try and offering a different things. I know they're iconic uh man sandwich but uh, i wanted to give this a go first just so i could get a sampling of what their barbecue is all about um and uh, it could just be that solitary visit wasn't their day it's not like with and i'm gonna catch flack for this too not like with whataburger where i gave it three opportunities at three different locations and all of them were terrible Ooh, uh, wow you're pissing a lot of people off of that statement yeah i'll take it but uh <laughs> I mean, I'll go to McDonald's before I'll go to Whataburger. Oh, um, man. <laughs> God. Uh, but, yeah, so that's that's my rankings. Uh, I do want to – I'm not in by any stretch bashing Joe's. These are just based on my visits and what I've had. Char Bar is consistent and fantastic every time, in my opinion. Uh, so let's let's hear it from let's, – let's start with Theme Park Stud if you've, if you've got your idea ready. Yeah, I got mine. Um, so I'm going to go kind of the opposite. Um, my number one is Casey Joe's. Um, the burn-in Z-Man is amazing. Like, I know a lot of people get it with brisket, but again, I'm a burn-ins person and get some burn-ins on there with the little onion ring and their sauce. Oh, you just <clears throat> you just can't beat it. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, again, now I'm going to preface this and say all these places are fantastic. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's by the narrowest of hairs to, to win out. And I just think the Z-Man is just my favorite, my favorite meal out of all of them. One thing um, about Kansas city barbecue, man, it's just like, honestly, anywhere you go, it's going to be better than your hometown. It's true. Especially if you're from Texas. Yeah. Especially. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number two uh, is going to be uh, LC's. Um, mm. not, not many people really know about this. It's kind of in the hood a little bit, but it is it is so good. They have some of the best burn-ins. Um, you kind of go up to the shop, and you're just kind of like, where, where am I going? It just looks like this hole-in-the-wall place. And um, unfortunately, the, the owner and the creator um, of LC's, he passed away recently. Um, but still, they're still going to be pumping out amazing food and stuff. So they're, they're my number two. Uh, my number three would have to be Jack Stack. I, I've always been a Jack Stack. That's kind of what I was raised on was Jack Stack. So it's kind of a nostalgia factor in there too. <laughs> like Jeff said, it's a little bit pricier than others, but they have some fantastic food. I always get the poor rust sandwich, which is a burn-in sandwich. Um, and then uh, I like the cheesy corn as well as, you know, the steak fries always good as well. Um, Number four for me would be Q39, the new kids on the block. They have some, uh, they have these fat uh, burn-ins that are really good. Um, and they just kind of have a lot of different things that are just, and that's a place I usually try something new at, like kind of like really expand my, my, my palate, I guess. Uh, when it comes to barbecue, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all, you know, smoked meat with sauce on it. But um, I, I, think I like to try different things when I go there. Um, and then my last one is Dufferin Gates, you know, one of the classics in KC. Um, it's always fun going in there and just getting yelled at. So <laughs> Wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess I'll do my top five. My number one is also Joe's, so eat a dick, Jeff. That's um, right. <laughs> no, when I go to Joe's, man, it's all about the brisket for me. I actually love their brisket. Uh, Anthony Bourdain himself, may his soul rest in peace, uh, said that this is the best brisket he's ever had. Um, 
and I'm with him. Like that's my homie. We're ride or dies. And, um, I gotta say going there and just getting a brisket sandwich for me is where it's at. A lot of people say get the Z man, but the brisket is so good. You don't need a slice of cheese and an onion ring on it. Like just get the brisket sandwich and you're going to be ready to go, man. So I will say that was part of my combo plate and that was probably the highlight uh, of what I did have. So I think, by the way, if you come to Kansas City, don't be getting pork. It's all about brisket. It's all about burn ins here. So yes. keep we that like in mind. Our, we like our beef. Yes. Number two, I did put Gates. Um, while Gates is not the best meat, their sauce and the experience puts it up there. This is yeah. the, I mean, it's kind of the grimiest place you walk in and like it feels like you just got battered in <laughs> like barbecue sauce. Like it's in the walls, it's on the floor. Um, and you're getting harassed the second you walk in, but it is, you have to go here. This is a Kansas city staple. And just for our listeners, when you walk in research online, what you want to get and know before you walk in. Cause if you don't know, you're going to look like a fucking idiot when you're like trying to figure out how to order. So it's really important that the ladies working behind the counter, they're just going to be, yell- they're not going to make eye contact with you. They're just going to yell, hi, may I help you? And you got to keep track. Did the person in front of you order yet? Because if not, they're going to just keep saying it. And eventually they're going to find out it's your turn to order and you're going to feel like an idiot. So make sure you're keeping track of that stuff. And you might be halfway through the queue and it's your time to order. So be ready and get ready to yell your order. My wife doesn't like going here because she's a very shy person. I got to order for her. Um, It's an atmosphere, but you got to try it. So absolutely worth it. And you know, if, if you have any questions while you're in line, if you see a guy in a dress shirt and he's like mildly overweight, maybe balding, ask him. He's going to know the answer. All right. Ask the big guy what to get. No matter where you are. He won't steer you wrong. Big dudes. Like I remember like when I worked at Legoland, I was the go-to guy to ask, where do I go get barbecue from out of towners? I'm like, <laughs> you asked the right person. Let me help you. So we, we didn't get this way by accident. Yeah, that's right. Um, so number three, I did put Jack Stack. This is my local barbecue because uh, I live in Lee Summit. I'm really close to it. So I, can, I like DoorDash this shit all the time and it's delicious. But if you're going to have a sit down meal and want to go to like a nice restaurant, go to the Jack Stack by Union Station. It's like behind it. It's a beautiful restaurant in there. This is kind of a classier establishment. So don't don't be like stumbling in with your sweaty shorts and sweaty t-shirt from the from the theme park maybe go home shower you know just a little bit like you could but you'd kind of there's a lot of business people here at this one so um jack stack is just great they got great sides personally my favorite burn-ins are here um i like their burn-ins a lot so um also their sides are great but jack stack is where it's at Q39 at number four for me. This is also kind of a more upscale barbecue place. So I put these in different categories. Like Joe's and Gates are kind of like a little bit grimier. You know, you come, you're going to a gas station or you're going to like a pop-up restaurant. They're kind of like quick service almost. Like yes. when you when you go into like a theme park, you know, you're kind of ordering and you go down the line and get your meal and you kind of go to open table. So you you'll find your seat. Down. So it's important to know that before you go in, I think. So Jack Stack Q39 are definitely in the like sit down. Like you're going to show up. You might have to wait to find a seat, grab yourself a beer at the bar and just kind of enjoy what, what's about to happen to you. And yep. then 
my number five, I don't think any of you guys said it, but Smokehouse Barbecue, very similar to Jack Stack. Um, I just grew up on it because in Blue Springs, there used to be a smokehouse in Blue Springs. So it's kind of like... Got them corn nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, Smokehouse and Jack Stack are about the same thing. Just like a slight level down. Smokehouse is my number five. I feel uh, I feel kind of attacked here because I left Joe's my number five. You both left at number one, but my number one didn't even appear on either of your lists. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you're going to have to... Yeah, when you come back up to KC, we need to go to Joe's. Just because you've only had it once, you definitely need to try it yep. again. I'm, and... I'm down. I, I, it's, it's a place I'm open to. I, I'm not one to judge based on a solitary experience because as a former employee of the food industry, I know on any given day, it could just be you know, bad day. Bad days happen. All right, hear me out. Here's what we do. Um, we come up here we make a day of going to the negro leagues baseball museum uh we do the world war one museum we get some uh joes for either lunch or dinner and then on the next morning we do the char bar brunch yeah yep i'm down guys i am gonna say though jeff none of us put char bar in our top five but we really should have because that is a i think it's a go-to if you're gonna go to westport that's where you should go I've only been there once, so that's why I can't couldn't justify putting my top five. And I was I was at Costa Bros bachelor party, so um, I didn't really get to fully experience it because we were, we had some drinks flowing and stuff. So I don't really uh, remember exactly. Yeah, we were shit. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know it tasted good, but I don't remember. I couldn't really experience it as well as I should. So I definitely need to go back as well. And I yeah, think a brunch also, there would be amazing. I also uh, I will say getting a table there instead of a booth will do you wonder. It's, I know a lot of people will say they might prefer a booth, but it, I would say I would argue their booths are a bit cramped. Uh, so if you can get yourself a standard table, it's the more open experience. And I think we were at a booth for that one. I I, I generally get a little claustrophobic sometimes, especially in large parties like that. Booth booth didn't help, but uh, yeah, that that's a, a an odd recommendation for when you go there. Just ask for if they ask for a preference, ask for a table instead of a booth. Awesome. So, Let them know. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah. So I'll, I'll move on. Just kind of touch base on a few other food categories um I'll, I'll kick it off with mexican and this is kind of a hard a hard choice because kansas city has uh, I, I don't know if there's a better way to say it but we have like a true mexican contingent in Can kansas city kansas city sorry jeff i'm gonna cut you off here kansas city was just voted the taco capital of the united states actually oh, it's, damn yeah it's an article los angeles yeah article in forbes has has deemed kansas city as the taco capital of missouri <laughs> i mean of not missouri of the world of excuse me of the united states gosh i cannot get it right. um somewhere you know <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's not gonna top the world you know there's mexico uh but um but uh there's a like there's a taco trail you could go on. There's like a website and there's like little there's like a it says where all the awesome taco places are. A lot of them are on Southwest Boulevard, and uh, there's some fantastic ones down there. And uh, yeah, so sorry, I just had to cut you off real quick. I know no, what no, you're, you're going good. on. Because, no, no, no. This is this is news to me, so I I appreciate that, and it's something I'd actually like to make more. Um, expand my knowledge on because. Uh, my aunt my recommendation here is just kind of based on my experiences with my family it's just a place we regularly hit up it's over in overland park it's uh camachos uh pretty good food reasonably priced 
the staff is on top of things. So you're very unlikely to have a poor experience. Um, but I, I do want to, uh, because I'm not local uh, technically currently, um, I do, that is something I want to, I want to fix uh, because I'm a man about tacos. Yeah. Um, kind of near the downtown area. So kind of, and that's kind of really the theme of where all these attractions are. So really, <laughs> if you come and visit Kansas city, uh, just being near the downtown area is really going to kind of open up all these opportunities for you. And again, it's only about a 20, 20 to 25 minute drive to worlds of fun um, after that. So if you do want to stay outside of like in like world of fun, just to save money in the hotel, um, that's, you know, I totally get that big easy Uber drive to get downtown. Uh, but kind of on Southwest Boulevard, there's like a, a whole slew of different Mexican restaurants and taco joints. Um, one of my favorites is Taco de Gallo. And uh, they have these authentic street tacos. And they have like, you get pork, chicken, um, beef. And they, they, oh, they're so good. And it literally, you're walking into this little, um, little grocer. And uh, they have this little grill back there. And like, no one's ever buying any groceries. I've never seen anybody go in there and buy anything. But everyone's just the huge line and just ordering these tacos and and uh so good and then just but really you could just walk down that and you you would literally walk past 20 different places and i'm not i'm not exaggerating 20 different places you could stop and get amazing mexican food um from all those Coaster, bro, you got any uh mexican recommendations i actually don't man you got i didn't realize you guys had all this knowledge about Kansas city, Mexican places. Um, like the only place I've really had downtown is like Manny's, which is a kind of a big lunch spot in Kansas city. Uh, but I need to explore my Mexican cuisine inside of Kansas city. Cause I didn't know anything about the, uh, the wonderful tacos in the area. Um, all right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll move on to Italian and to, uh, if, if you're not necessarily feeling barbecue, uh, but want a fine dining experience, um, there's a, a small string of local Italian places called Cascones. Uh, this will also be because it is a, I would say a fine dining experience, uh, kind of old, old style Italian. Uh, if you go in on a, I believe like a Friday night, they may have like singers in there, give you the full old experience while, uh, while you're having your meal. I've never had a bad meal there, but it is. Uh, generally a place we go for occasions rather than just, hey, you want to go get some spaghetti? Because uh, it, it will be uh, upper upper priced. Just noted that, but it is very, very worth it in my opinion. Um, I don't know if you guys have recommended places for Italian. Something along the line of Cascones is uh, Garozzo's. Um, delicious. They have this Spadini that's uh, to die for. I, I'm a man about Spadini. And one, one thing I do want to bring up is um, <laughs> this is a bad recommendation because it is a chain restaurant, but there is like a Buca de Beppo on the plaza and we didn't bring up the plaza. So the plaza is <laughs> whoop, got a thumbs down from theme park stud there, but the plaza is like a shopping area with a bunch of different chain restaurants there, which is worth checking out, but just know you're going to a chain place. If you're going to Buca de Beppo, I mean, you go to Buca de Beppo anywhere. So probably not a great recommendation as uh, Jeff and theme park stud, both thumbs down me. As last, I'm talking about it. The last time I went to Buca de Beppo was when we went to Universal Studios Hollywood. And we got that <laughs> me too, actually. Park, yeah. <laughs> and there, it was there, good, don't get me wrong, but it was just like, I just, 
haven't gone to that place in forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. and I, I, I really don't have a bad thing to say about them. It's just, honestly, I, I'd rather go to a place that's unique to the area uh, if I'm going somewhere I've never been. Um, so I, and I but if, to, to speak to the plaza area, just note if you are going to eat around there, really do be prepared to open up the wallet because it is not cheap around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have one more restaurant to throw out there because my mom will uh, kill me if I don't. Um, You can always go to Jasper's Italian Kitchen um, on 103rd and State Line. That's where my mom works. So if you want to say hi to Theme Park Studs' mom, um, she's just working up there uh, at the greeting people when people come in. So, uh, yeah, they have have delicious food as well. So it is a little pricey, just probably on the same lines as Cascones and Garozos when it comes to price. Tell them Theme Park Studs' mom sent you. (laughs) <laughs> or theme park said sent you yeah and if his mom's there she'll probably be like real excited just say hey julie <laughs> <laughs> um all right so to travel not too far from italy uh this may be a category i'm alone on uh but i i do enjoy my greek food and there's a good old style greek place called tasso's um excellent euros i've not had much else there i've been there a handful of times but every every visit's been good and it's a good old authentic style Greek place. If, if that's in your wheelhouse. Um, I don't imagine either of you have a lot to add to that. I could be surprised, but uh, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, I'll uh, move on to actually to bar food a uh, place. I went with theme park stud recently. Actually, I, I do love a visit to this place called grinders. It's been on the food network before um, foods good uh they have a fantastic selection of bar food a lot of stuff that's pretty out there if you want to try something and for the uh the chili heads out there they do have a hot sauce challenge or a hot wing challenge there uh to my recollection for the the death wings uh they'll give you six i can't remember what the details of the challenge are but i've never been able to make it beyond like one or two of them the sauce is just so overwhelmingly hot and for me to say that's a big thing because spice is my spice is my wheelhouse but uh you know great place to eat eat bar food at the end of the day if you're just going out with friends get get some drinks down reasonably priced uh and they've got a great back patio area and have been handling it pretty well uh as we went during uh corn or not I, I wouldn't call it quarantine time but definitely during COVID-19 they, they're on top of their stuff for the most part uh good spacing on the tables and, and whatnot um and friendly staff so um what, what do you guys have as far as like bar food what's what's your go-to place there is a, there's a place called mains on tap that is a cool place to go to and this is in downtown as well uh, do you know what area that's in actually? I'm trying to think if that's it's a it's in the middle of downtown on Main Street, um, right by Tomstown Distillery, which I mentioned earlier. So yeah, so basically this is a place that you if you love tasting beer and you love wings, I think they are some of the best wings in Kansas City. And then basically you pay for beer by the ounce there. So you get like a card, you go up and try different beers. So it's a really fun experience. And um, I think that's worth mentioning. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys on that. Uh, kind of the last place I'm going to hit on because um, I at the time these are this is where my my food categories were limited in my head. Um, I'll hit on some chicken. Uh, now it's not necessarily local uh, as it, there are locations elsewhere, but I wouldn't consider it a chain either. Uh, Gus's 
Gus's has some good, amazing fried chicken, uh, good Southern style sides. Um, highly recommend a visit. And I believe that's all. It's actually right near uh, the main location of uh, Kansas City Joe's, I believe. Okay. So. I also want to bring up uh, Stroud's is a Kansas City oh, yeah. staple. I, I know at least some of they just added like a carryout place that Theme Park Stud had a few weeks back. But um, they're really known for their fried chicken in Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. And if you, if you go to the original, I think the actually the closer one would be the original, uh, at least two worlds of fun. True. Um, pretty I close. Wanna, is it in Gladstone or is it North Kansas City? Oh, it's somewhere in that mixed up area. Yeah, um, but at any rate, when I visited, uh, just as a, it, it's like in an old house, and our, like, the floor was, like, slightly leaning, so we weren't, like, sat vertical. It was, it was strange, but it was, it, it kind of added a little charm to the experience, I would say. It, it like, you, you get to feel this place is old, uh, like, they're still in business, this must be some good kick-ass food, and it is. Yeah. Uh, and then one more little experience I want to kind of give a shout out to. Um, they actually, Kansas City's recently installed a, a tram system that runs from one end, at least at the last at time of uh, knowing, was uh, runs from Union Station at one end. So if you're doing all that sea life and stuff, you can do this. And the trams are free. You just hop on and ride, get off wherever you want, makes a few stops. But the other end is at the River Market. Mm. Uh, where you can get some good fresh produce or try there's a number of uh, uh, international options there uh, in little booths for full-on meals uh, great selection of groceries that might be harder to find like they've got a good uh, Italian store with a lot of uh, authentic purchases you would definitely not find elsewhere um, in addition to that uh, Kansas City also has uh my understanding is a pretty large Vietnamese contingent. So you'll find a lot of uh, actual good, authentic experiences walking distance from the river market. So you hop on the tram, one end to the other, see some stuff, do some stuff, get on the other and eat some stuff. So highly recommend that, especially if you go in the mornings. Um, I believe I uh, understand they'll be reopening soon. They took a temporary closure due to COVID, but there's a good place for beignets at the river mm. market. Oh, is that gone? Um, it's gone. It's gone. My, they so I got closure. My they're bringing it back. Oh. Yeah. So because they did announce that they're going to be closing, and I still need to fact check this for sure, but my brother, who's a pretty big authority on, on this food-related stuff downtown, uh, said that they are going to get their stuff back up and running. That's great. Because I've been wanting to try out that beignet place. Yeah, it's fantastic. And to get there early because – they they pack the house there and get a line out the door real fast. So they're opening up a new. So the owners open up a new restaurant in the city of market called La Chronic Cafe. Nice. That's <laughs> like what it says. <laughs> <laughs> La Chronic. Uh, yeah, this is some stories like two to three weeks ago. So, <laughs> so yeah, when you're in town, check out La Chronic. Uh, <laughs> that was a good point, Jeff. I, I'm glad you brought up the streetcar because when you talk about transportation in Kansas City, if you go downtown, the streetcar will take you to all the cool little, um, well, most of the cool little segments of downtown Kansas City. So you've got like the power and lights area where all the bars are. 
You've got River Market. Like if you go there in the morning, it's popping. They also have some great restaurants out there. Well, that is our review of Kansas City. We I learned a lot about restaurants. That is Kansas City, though. So definitely come hang out. It's, it's more than just Worlds of Fun, which is good news because Worlds of Fun is not what's going to pull you in. But the rest of Kansas City, maybe even going to like a Royals game or a Chiefs game, you know, you can make a really fun weekend out of it. So come on over, visit us. And if you have more questions, just DM us. We've got some expert advice we'd love to share with you. So Yeah. Thanks for joining us on our first leg of our great cozy – great cuzzy's road trip and uh yeah so basically moving forward we're going to be going to a different city and a uh, different park and kind of uh just highlighting it we're not going to get probably as much detail and do a full episode on it um but we'll definitely kind of highlight some of the main points on it just so you kind of get experience that that park and that city and know what to do when you go visit and boys we need to make a decision right now we have four options do we want to go to adventureland of des moines next do we want to go to Six Flags St. Louis? Do we want to go to Silver Dollar City? Or do we want to go to the Colorado Parks? Let's decide now. I vote. Hmm. Let's go north. Let's go to Adventureland. All right. Well, next week, we'll be <laughs> next two weeks or so, we'll be going cool. to Des Moines. Yeah, that's what I needed. I need you to, uh, your Neogram 8 to stick out there and decide. We are going <laughs> north. So, our next stop will be des moines and um there's a lot of fun stuff in iowa so we'll be covering that next um but until then make sure you guys follow us on instagram and tiktok at coaster cuzzies you can also follow us on youtube twitter and facebook we also are starting to get active on clubhouse so uh, i actually just joined my first room ever basically this is an app where you get on and people discuss things it's almost like a podcast but only you can jump in and talk about whatever topic is being had in the room so um, if you haven't joined that ask for some invites get on there i think you have to have an iphone though it's uh starting up but it is going to be popping soon i predict so make sure you follow us there also if you haven't yet make sure you go rate the podcast on apple podcast give us five star review if you don't think we're a five-star podcast, fucking forget about it. Don't go on there and give us a review, okay? All right. And then one other thing I do want to bring up, we are going to have a giveaway on our Instagram. So make sure that you are following us on Instagram, and it's going to be a business giveaway. So some things that are going to be included, not finalized yet, but Theme Park Stud has given us his cedar fair tie from way back in the day it's candy striped looks like candy cane and his halloween haunts t-shirt so those will be included we might throw in like a coffee mug and i think i have a gci hat that i'm going to include and you could be walking around swagging as an amusement park businessman or lady and just looking real good maybe this is even a uh, halloween costume whenever it's halloween time but else who knows but that's going to be on our instagram so um make sure you're keeping an eye on that and we'll have the details of that giveaway coming up soon and then um i do want to close out the show we got a message from josh which is cheap enthusiast um we'll play that at the end here but uh if you haven't checked out his stuff make sure you go check it out he's got a great youtube channel he's been vlogging his ass off and um it's called cheap enthusiast so we have a message from him um after 
theme park stud closes the show out here. All right. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for joining yeah, thanks. us on this trip. We'll be, be excited to see you in the next leg. Yeah, I'm uh, happy. I appreciate you all continuing to have me on. And uh, thanks. Thanks again, everybody. Of course. All right, America, you know what to do. Stay fly. Woke. Stay moist. Hey, guys, it's Josh from Cheap Enthusiast here. I don't have a whole lot of tips about Kansas or Worlds of Fun, but I really hope that you guys have an awesome trip and keep doing what you're doing, putting smiles on people's faces. I love the TikTok and I love you guys. Have a great road trip.